Hello and welcome to tonight's Just Another Liverpool podcast with me, your host, Stu Jones, my ever-present co-host, Matt Wood, and we have Mr Norton joining us tonight for tonight's episode. On tonight's podcast, we'll talk about beating Chelsea 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. We'll also talk about the other results in game week two and hopefully finish on our next opponents in the league, Arsenal at Anfield. Right, boys, uh, let's kick it off. That was much easier than the uh, the Leeds contest last week. Um, I'm, I'm just disappointed we've no longer got our personalised introductions, which we've just been informed of right before recording. I mean, that, that's like... I know, that was saying it. I'm going to have to adjust to that before we, you know, get into the football. Well, I just thought because there was three of us on, you know, trying to do this on the, on a recording, each in our own homes, I just thought, you know, let's just try and breeze into this quickly. But Matty, yeah, you've just slowed down the podcast once again. Um, so let's return back to that Chelsea performance, uh, Mr. Norton. Would you like? Would you like to kick it off? And what your what your initial thoughts were of that performance? Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, really, because I thought with you know, Chelsea's new look midfield, that first half we controlled the midfield, we controlled the possession quite very comfortably, uh, and they almost played like more like the away side. Yeah. Uh, and I think obviously the sending off obviously changed the game in second half. It was in complete control, really. Uh, I don't think the first half they had a shot on target either. Um, you know, being being the home side at Stamford Bridge, you, you'd found that quite surprising. I know. I thought the way they like how they lined up in the first. Well, for me, obviously the second half was different because of the ten men. But the start of the first half and like the way they played, I agree with you. It was you know stark contrast to the way Leeds played against us where they came out and you know went toe-to-toe with us whereas Chelsea like you say just kind of like came to like sit back and try to use Werner's pace on the counter which I thought was quite quite negative from Lampard from Frank Lampard especially with the acquisitions he's made in the summer I did think they um yeah this is going to be the awkward thing now with three people isn't it you're gonna have to coordinate this Stu um <laughs> okay, I, I did, Matt Wood, think, would you like um, to have your input? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think they almost give us like too much respect. That's why I, I was thinking, especially at the beginning of the game, like as you were saying, they kind of like dropped right off and almost said, "Right, we're gonna let you have the ball and kind of control the game." Um, mm-hmm. which I think we did to a to a, a certain extent. Albeit, I did think. I was making a couple of notes as the game was going on um, in in prep, as you know, and like but, very professional, yeah, yeah, of you, Always on the ball, um, and it, to be fair, like without really looking like that dangerous, there were a, a, a couple of moments where they looked like they could get in behind. I think um, Fabinho did well a couple of times to, to stop Werner in like a one v one, so it wasn't like they weren't a threat whatsoever but in, in general we controlled the game but I think without really ourselves doing too much as well in the in the, the final third I think a lot of our play was like in front of them and then I think ultimately you know it's an obvious thing to say but the red card was an absolute game changer wasn't it I think what was impressive from us was that 10 minutes after half time when we absolutely just we killed it basically and obviously the yeah it turned up the pressure on the side which is a bit out of the blue and that could have changed things a little bit if they had scored um i think that other than that i think that was the most impressive part of the game for me like that 10 minutes after half time just grabbing the game i actually thought the, i actually thought the first 10 minutes we actually started off really brightly i thought the tempo looked good and the passing and movement was good in the first half and i think we just kind of did the same in the second half but with more success really and obviously because there was more space with them only having 10 men, we we were able to penetrate more. Yeah, I mean, that's not on my notes, to be honest, Norton, but I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember um, us having clear-cut chances. in the fir- The only real chance I remember in the first half was, I think, Salah, first one across the box. Oh, I think he did that a couple of times, didn't he? Because Kepa went... F- there was that mad moment where Henderson blocked the ball and Kepa came out flying. 
and it like span away. Yeah, there's one from the other side where Firmino was coming in the back. Yeah, post. and then there was another one where Salah fizzed it across from the other side as well. But I didn't really think that we give him like we didn't create that much. I don't think, albeit like I say, we were in relative control of the game really. Um, I don't know if you want to mention the, yeah. the, the lineup um, because there's there's somebody on this podcast who uh, was was questioning the decision of, of Fabinho at, at centre back, I and mean, we we won't, we won't <laughs> mention the name, but you know that I guess that was the, no, the he, surprise in a way. With he did very well, but like the issue for me is in sort of one-off games. I compared sort of like the Origi situation really. Like Origi can have a good a game and look really good, but. If we've got an injury crisis and he's playing six, seven, eight games in that position, would you feel as comfortable with it? Yeah, but I don't think he is going to play that number of games. There. You say that though, but Matip and Gomez have both got a history of these nitpick, these little niggly injuries, which which we they were both out with yesterday. We're, in, we're only in game week yeah. two. As they're picking up niggle injuries already. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, that was going to be a point I was going to make a bit later on, but we might as well, you know, we're on it now. Like, do we need, obviously we've made these signings, but do we need that extra signing at centre half because of this position that we're in, where you know we can't rely on Gomez and Matip to be fully fit throughout the season. Because even play, even Fabinho played. The, the bigger issue for me was there was no centre half on the bench either. Yeah. So yeah. you know, ten minutes in, Fabinho pulled something. Who, who, who are you going to put centre half then? Was Milner was not ever reliable Milner? Sorry, was there not a defender on the bench? No, not central. Sure, no, no. there. He'll do a job. Yeah, do a job. Does a job most places. So do you? Do you, do you both you feel though that like it's also and what one of the things that I was think thinking about this game was this that game yesterday was probably the third or fourth most difficult game we'll have all season in the league. If you map out all the games, you know Man City, the the two games against Man City are probably probably the most difficult on paper and then you're looking at like a Chelsea away Man United away as as the next ones along so like for him to what about the resurgence of Evan that well in that game <laughs> you'd um you'd suggest that he'd, he'd be all right in, in many of the others yeah and I'd like I completely agree what you're saying and I'd like to think he, he will be but like I said the issue for me is that you, you've got him game week two playing centre off and no one on the bench it's like if he picks up an injury you are a bit knackered then, aren't you? Yeah. Well, do you feel, uh, Norton, that we need another centre-half then? We should go into the market and get need, one. I think you need five centre-halves. Like, as a top-side challenge of the titles in every competition, I think you need five centre-halves. Yeah. Fabinho can be one of the five, but I think you need definitely Norton one Norton will be more. saying FSG out in a sec. Say <laughs> <laughs> as I say. <laughs> yeah, no, well, um, another big talking point... Oh, do you want to carry that on, Matt? Do you want to no, still on, bang that on. drum? Move on. No. Um, well, the big talking point of the game was obviously the introduction of Thiago for Henderson. Um, well, it does sound like Henderson's picked up a niggling injury. Um, but yeah, what a performance from Thiago coming on uh, at half time in replacement of um, Mr. Uh, Captain uh, Henderson. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on Thiago's uh, performance? Matt Wood. Oh, that me, sorry. <laughs> As I say, we're probably going to get some used to it. I, I, yeah, I'll get used to it. Yeah, it looks like I, I was waxing lyrical about him on the last podcast and like saying he's going to be so good for us. Like, he, these, all those stats came out after the game about he's done the most passes ever in 45 minutes in a Premier League game and all that type of thing. But for me, that was like a foot wasn't even like close to his to his ceiling of potential do you know what I mean like that was actually quite an easy game for him to come on against 10 men he had loads of space and time and he was just like kind of pinging it about dictating the game yeah but then he's got like so much so many more gears to go into um against you know uh Probably even teams that are, are not as as uh, as good as Chelsea, but who will kind of make it more difficult for him and give him less space and time. That's where he's he he, he is really, um, really effective. So, no, I, I yeah. thought he, I thought he was he was brilliant in terms of like 
he's just able to kind of, you know, he does things quickly and he, he kind of looks up, makes that, uh, if he can make a forward pass, he'll make it. Um, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. Did have a lot of I think already he did have a lot of time and stuff on the on on the ball. So yeah, I think already. I know as well oh, when he's the ball going on. into him. When the ball's getting played into him, he's almost looking ahead before he's even controlled the ball, and he's, you can tell he's looking for that pass straight away. He's, there's no, you know, touch and then look up. He's already sort of aware of what it, what's around him. And there's there's one pass in the second half where he's he slipped the ball through the sort of Chelsea's midfield. And just it just opened the play up yeah. straight away, and like Matthew mentioned there, when when sides come, especially Anfield, and try and do like a low block, I think that that'll be invaluable. Yeah, for yeah. me though, like yeah. you can order, it sounds stupid, but you can tell when you can tell special players on like the first second touch, like straight away that they've just got class. And it, yeah. it's that it's control it's the ball, just, it's, it's, messy it, in a way. It's, 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 yeah, it's control. little things like how they control the control the ball, like the the way that they kind of caress the ball and again this sounds like really stupid things but like you can just straight away see that he's got that kind of um he's got that class about him basically and yeah he's he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be brilliant for us like it's just I was uh like he's probably like in terms of signings he's right up there with the like the most excited I've been about signing I think. Yeah especially he's with the biggest yeah. reputation I think for a long time doesn't he? I I can't really think maybe like because even if you look at Van Dyke, I mean, it's like it's a big money one, but then it's a defender, isn't it? Like that really doesn't excite you that much. And it's from you know it's from Southampton as well, isn't it? Yeah, where he's come from Bayern Munich, who just won the Champions, yeah, yeah. Just won the yeah. Champions League. Like mate, I think maybe going back to like Torres in terms of excitement because like he was you know coming in as this like um, top striker from La Liga and he was young and hungry and all that and he that was quite an exciting sign and I think from memory do you know what I mean it, it's kind of up there with that Do you think that the like the 27 million that we've paid is basically a bargain? Oh definitely I think the thing with, with him is he reminds me of sort of like a bit like Pirlo where a lot of his game is about his passing ability his positional play he doesn't rely on pace at all because he's so aware of what's around him. That he's a kind of player you could see playing into his sort of mid thirties and you know age not really being a factor. So yeah. you'd like to think you get a good four four or five years out of him, really. Yeah, um, like obviously um, a player who played throughout the game, Genie Van Alden. Um, does this mean he's going to go or he's going to stay? What do you think, Matt Wood? Um. I, I, well, the noise again. We were saying last week. I think the noise is where he was going to stay. The, the, the only problem is that we've just got a lot of players in that that central midfield area now. So it's like three positions to accommodate. Like, how many is it? It's like seven or eight. Some being like oh, eight, eight or nine, isn't it? The other day, and um, if you include if you include like Curtis Jones, probably about eight. I think it's that, is it eight or nine. Yeah, there's yeah. obviously some reserves in there in Grewich and Wilson, but obviously they're going to be the first ones out the door. But actually, this is a question yeah. that I'd actually ask you both. Um, you know, to you first, Matt Norton. Uh, who's your free in midfield then? Who's your, you know, like against Arsenal or obviously once Henderson's fit, everyone's fully fit, who would be your free? I think in the big game, it's got to be Fabinho. Henderson and Thiago, hasn't it? But at the same time, it'd be interesting to see sort of Fabinho and Thiago and then maybe a Kaita or an Oxlade-Chamberlain. Someone so you could improve by being freed up, if you like. Uh, yeah. There's less defensive onus on them and they can just sort of play their natural game a bit more. Do you agree with that, Matt Wood? Or would you uh, have a different free? Probably would say that. Obviously, that's... you're going to stick with Henderson because you're absolutely in love with him. So we know he's a, a starter. <laughs> well, you can't drop the captain, can you? So that's you know first name <laughs> on the team sheet. Um, yeah, I think that probably would be the first choice, wouldn't it? Because I think you know as good as Genie has been over the last few seasons, and he's had a lot of like big moments, and that I think. Um, Thiago's definitely a, a kind of step up from from him, um, and you can't. Yeah, really, it's an upgrade, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. To justify 
you know, as much as we joke about it, I don't think you can, like, drop Henderson or Fabinho. Unless then you play Fabinho, like, centre-back, and this is going to be, like, a new thing now, and he's going to be in the tier one on a permanent basis at centre-back. Yeah. Well, going back to the performance uh, of players uh, against Chelsea, obviously Mane getting those two goals. Um, you know, obviously the uh, the first goal, brilliant, brilliant from Bobby Firmino, who I thought actually in the first half, um, he 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 didn't seem, you know, he was he was on it. He seemed off the pace a bit. I thought Salah and Mane look, you know, they both look electric um, so early on in the season. But um, yeah, Mane, you know, brilliant header from Bobby's uh, great work and cross. And then obviously um, for the second goal, you know, he was helped a bit by um, Kepa. But, you know, that tenacity of, you know, losing the ball and then closing down, um, you know, it it was just rewards for Mane. Uh, Norton, your quick, you know, assessment of Mane's performance. It was just typical Manny, wasn't it? He's, he's just electric. He's, that, he's one of the quickest players over sort of five yards I've, I've ever seen, to be honest. Because um, you, you talk about Salah's pace, but Salah's more pace when he gets into his stride, where Manny's so quick in them little five-yard, ten-yard spaces. Um, and it was seen on the special on the second goal where he sort of he, he spotted the ball going back to Kepper, and he's reacted so sharply and just sort of got straight onto him and just. Just guessed, you know, second guess where the ball was going to go, and got you know got in there and got his goal. Yeah, but he's always yeah. a threat as well, isn't he? He's, even when he, even when he's, he, the thing about Manny is, even when he has an off day, he's always a threat because he, he works so hard as well, and he presses so high up the pitch that even yeah. if he has an off day, you feel like he's yeah. still he, He's a player who, like like a lot of Liverpool players, didn't. Don't go missing in games. You know they're always contributing something, like you say. Either like, you yeah. know, if it's not working going forward, then at least they're tracking back. Yeah, he's de- he's definitely, you know, he is undroppable. He's uh, he's brilliant, but yeah, was- obviously a man who is. But Jamie Carragher in. was comparing him to John Barnes, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah. That's that's a massive statement because I think John Barnes is one of Carragher's idols and Redknapp's idols, but they were comparing him with John Barnes and. When you look at his record for Liverpool, it's one in two, and yeah, they, when when he finishes his career at Liverpool, you look back at the titles he's won and the trophies he's collected, and it's just, you know, I see, I, it's yeah. hard not to see him as a Liverpool seen a great. Stat before um, showing that he's now got more goals. It was even more goals than Torres, or the same as Torres in like less games, which is mad when you think about it. Considering wow. he's not an out and out forward, he's able to. I think he took Suarez and Torres the weekend. Didn't Did he? he? Yeah. Suarez as well. So, I thought it was. <laughs> He's questioning your, your facts, facts here. On that one. <laughs> questioning your facts now. Got, he's, he's nervous. You can tell on that one. Yeah, he's like, quickly searching was, on his phone now. I was going to say on Mane, like his, he's so good with those runs in behind. And like, if you think about yeah. it, like, he, he got the two goals, but he obviously forced that red card as well. So. He, well, I was actually going to give some praise to your love interest, there, uh, Henderson, with a fantastic ball. Um, you know, seeing Mane's run and then hitting it straight down the middle um, to Mane to uh, get on to. But yeah, it was a blatant red in your eyes, Matt Wood. Yeah, well, that's to be expected from Hendo. Like he, he, we, yeah, no, he's got a good. Oh, he's got a really good range of pass and stuff like that, which I think is. Underappreciated, but yeah, no, it was, and like he's really got the Mane is really, really good at using his body. If you know, like, he, he's an absolute nightmare to like play against, I imagine. Because, like, even you know, at times when it looks like he's not going to be favorite for a ball, he'll like maneuver his body to like somehow like get in front of it, or like there's there's little parts in the games where there was I mentioned one against Leeds like last week where. Sometimes he'll have the ball and he'll just shimmy left and right, and like the defender will just be like completely, completely gone, and he just move it past them. Yeah, yeah. And the fact he has actually scored more goals than Lewis Suarez as well is really important. <laughs> You've checked. <laughs> That's that I can confirm. <laughs> well, a man who's come through the door as well, uh, Jota from uh, Wolves for forty-five million. Um, is he offering? 
better competition for the likes of Salah and Mane than say you know maybe say Shakiri when he's there and obviously Divock and Rigi. Um, we'll go with Norton. You want to take that one away? It's it's a very interesting sign, isn't it? Because it was a bit like it's a bit like Fabinho was when it sort of came out the blue a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, there'd be no, I've seen no real rumours of, of a link with him. And I think what I like about Jota is he, he can play with either foot, mm-hmm. um, so he can go take it around the outside or cut inside. It, it just gives you another option, doesn't it? It sort of makes it more unpredictable. He, he's got really good. Work rate and presses high up the pitch again, which I think is what Klopp really likes in him. Yeah. Do you think it's a good signing? It's goals. It's goal. Sorry, not to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were But you were bored of me, so yeah. Matty. No, like, I think it's not much more else to say, really. I think he does take a lot, a lot of the boxes that we were after in terms of like, here's a runner, isn't he? You can see he's, he's going to be able to fit into that system in terms of pressing people he can play pretty much all along the front line which was I think one of the biggest things yeah um, that is a big thing for Klopp's teams that, isn't it that, it's that adaptability yeah definitely and he's and he's a goal threat as well like I mean Norton will probably have the stats I haven't got them in front of me but he's, <laughs> he got a fair few last season didn't he and like, well last couple of seasons yeah, yeah he's, he, he did really well in Europa League but I think he's, he's... Through his career, he averages sort of goal every sort of three or four games. Yeah. Um, you know, and you like to think if he's playing with better players, yeah. you know, people like Tiago and things in midfield, he can improve that up to, you know, close to one and two. You know, yeah. in an ideal world. So a bit like Manny, really. I think Manny, when he came to Liverpool at Southampton, he was scoring one in three. And now he's at Liverpool, he's, you know, one in two, man. Yeah. So, you know, that's similarities there, similar, similar age when he joined. Um, similar sort of in terms of, you know, gone from a, I don't want to say smaller clubs, but not the same status of clubs. Um, and, you know, the opportunities there for him at Liverpool to really push on now. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really, like, pleased with the sign. I think it's worth saying as well, like, how that completely came out of the blue. And again, like, following from our conversation last week, Stuo, where we were saying, you know, the way the club is run now is... We were saying, look, like people were like starting to question it, weren't they? And I was trying to make the point that it's hard to like really argue against what they've done. And actually, that was another yeah. example of something where we've gone into the market and just got the business like done seemingly quite quickly. Obviously, they would have identified him like a long time ago, but in terms of like getting the bid in and like doing the um the terms of the player and then getting it across the line like it happened so quickly like nobody had a sniff yeah. of that one like obviously the Thiago one's been rumbling on but that just happened like so quick and and I think that's another example of where we've been like really effective in the in in the transfer market I, I think he'll be a, a, a good time 23 as well like he's at a good age isn't he yeah what do you, what do you mean the price tag though it's a quite a high well, price tag well, for... that's what I think that's what I mean regarding the age. I think that's where the club are, are quite happy to, to to pay out a little bit more when there is a, a lot of years in the play. I think they were so reluctant on that Tiago fee a little bit because he is twenty nine. And um, have you heard how we're going to be paying that though? Years going on, aren't they? Yeah, I was going to say that it's <laughs> over like quite a few years. Yeah, it's obviously instalments over basically his contract at Liverpool for four years. It's obviously, you know, getting split quarterly. So, um, I think, yeah. I've great for that reason, haven't you? Yeah, great bit of business again by uh, Michael Edwards. Um, yeah, just with those signings, they just like silenced any doubts. I had, you know, there were only little doubts, but, you know, like doubts of like the strength and depth the team had. And obviously, you know, that over the weekend, you know, it, you know, we just brought in two players, and you know, it's just changed the whole, the outlook that I had for the the season because I was, I did have like some worries of like, obviously, if an injury came to Salah or um, Mane, um, or you know, like with the whole midfields, like the question of is there enough, is there enough quality going forward in that midfield? But yeah, yeah, I think. The, the club have gone out there, got those, got those signings, and it just sets us up brilliantly for the new season. I think it's 
it's going to scare a lot of teams as well now, especially with this Thiago signing. Like, obviously, you know, everybody's seen the undoubted quality he's he's had over the years. Just what's that, you know, bringing to the club and how we can, you know, how how we can like play differently now. It's like something like another string to the bow. Um, yeah, I just think team more teams are going to be scared of us now lining up against us. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a big uh, overall. I think on Sunday it was a big statement, wasn't it? Because we'd made those couple of signings, people were kind of excited about that, and then going and getting a win away from home at one of the quote-unquote big six. Um, you know, I th- that was a massive statement, really, wasn't it? To say that look, like Liverpool are going to be strong again this year, and there is a gap. Yeah, seemingly between Chelsea, who have invested a lot of money, as we all know, in the squad and, and us, and albeit that they are missing a few players and they might change the goalkeeper, but there still looked like a bit of a gap there, even with, as as I mentioned earlier on, you know, it, it, it was almost Lampard concede and the fact that they wanted to give us that respect in the first half is almost to say, like, Liverpool still are very much... Um, you know the teams to beat if the you favorites. like. So, yeah, yeah, I think that all in all, like the you know Friday through to Sunday, the whole transfer business and the the performance and the result, it was all like a a big statement to say that you know we're we're going to be right up there again this season. Yeah. I think that's what surprised me about the Chelsea game so much. So I thought with the signs he'd made and Lampard wanted to make a statement against us, especially at Stamford Bridge, I thought they would have come out sort of all guns blazing a bit. Uh, you know, a bit like Leeds did and getting our faces a bit, but like you said, they just sort of stood off us, really. You know, even in that first half with 11 men, they sort of were happy to let us have the ball and things. Yeah. Uh, is there anything more you want to add about that game? It's a missed opportunity. Uh, the penalty we... decision? Yeah. Um, it was the only, like, obviously... Minor notes of Thiago's performance there, wasn't it? What, what, like, do you feel it was a penalty, Matt Wood? Yeah, he just, he just, he does just catch oh. him, doesn't he? I think Werner's quite quick as well, so. Norton jumping in. Caught him very slightly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll finish what I'm saying. Yeah. And then it doesn't on. help that we've both got the same name as well in this situation, does it? <laughs> I know. It doesn't, does it? But um, yeah, I think it was definitely a penalty, and Did you, I, it was a really I good save. Don't Alice, think that was a penalty, and or I think it was a really, really soft penalty. Soft. Like I, I'm yeah. surprised they didn't make more of that. Like he comes across him, but he barely took. Like he barely makes contact with him, and like Werner definitely made the most of it. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. But I think there's any sort of contact there. He's going down. Isn't I it? just, yeah. Well, I mean. This might be a different subject for later on, but some of the penalties lately, like scandalous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah the handballs. But you know what it might yeah. do actually? It might give it might give Allison a bit of confidence actually. <laughs> he's looked a bit shy of confidence recently, Allison. Well, I've um, just I think in yeah, games, I've been waiting so. forever for him to save a pen. Like that's I was just thinking like yeah. he's due one, and he like he seems to just like yeah. I don't think he saved. That must be the first pen he saved for us. It I is. Think, I think Jorginho yeah. scored every one of me as well. Yeah, he's got a Chelsea. good record. I think he had like twenty-one in twenty-three. Yeah, there's a stat for you. Yeah, know. so yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, fact check it, Norton. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll move on to the rest of game week two results in the Premier League. Uh, kick off with Saturday's results. Uh, the first being Everton um, stonking away five-two uh, win. Um, boys, are Everton going to win the league? Looks like it, doesn't it? No. <laughs> the Blue Noses think they are. Yeah, they actually look pretty good. To be fair, at the weekend yeah. as well. I thought the signings he'd made, have, you know, transformed. To be honest, that midfield, they were top draw. To be honest, can't really fault it really. And when they went one nil down as well, like you yeah. thought, oh, here we go, like same old with them. And to be fair, they, yeah. They, they managed to turn it I completely agree. Like I said it last week about the fact they just look, even though it's only like three players different in midfield, does look like a completely yeah. new yeah. team. And Calvert Lewin, yeah, bagging a, a hattie as well. Like he seems to be like developing into a bit of a poacher. I think, um, yeah, things might be looking up for the uh, the blue noses, might be top yeah. up after yeah. all. Oof. 
Big shout out. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, you've got to remember in that game, they, obviously they did go down to 10 men. West Brom, even with 10 men, they managed to equalise. Um, I suppose then, we can't really yeah, claim uh, that after we just played against 10 men. That's very true, yeah. That's very true. But at least we didn't concede like Everton did. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to uh, Man United uh, at home against Palace. Um, yeah, <laughs> Palace winning 3 1. Um, well done to Uncle Roy once again, uh, the oldest manager with the oldest squad in the league. Um, yeah, put a down note on United's uh, hopes for this season. Um, should have been wrong. What did you think of Palace's performance? Well, they're they're probably in the in the opening couple of games one of the surprise teams that I, I mentioned it the other day. They're just like a they're just a mad team, aren't they? Because they are absolutely they're an enigma, they're aren't they? they of a team the the last season. Well, they, they, yeah. they lost seven and drew one of the last eight games or something. They were absolutely terrible. And then they had the first two games of this season. They had Southampton, who were really good towards the end of last season. And they had United, who were similarly, you know, albeit they tailed off a little bit. They were in good form generally. You think, you know, that's, they're probably going to be, you know, not get anything from these first couple of games. And they win both games. They're just absolutely... But then they could go now and lose like the next five easy. They're, they're that type of like mad team. Like the thing is, Hodgson obviously the Hodgson will just dampen the expectations. Probably that's what will happen. But oh yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. always does. Be, uh, like fair, Norton, well do you think? It and could it, it could have easily been more? You, yeah, like Norton, do you think this is a, a season for Zaha to really, you know, try and force through a move through his performances? Well, the window's not shut yet, has it? So you never know. There still could be, you know, yeah, last-minute yeah. deals and things. And I think if he's sort of the way he started the season, if someone's looking for a goal scorer, then he's he's put his name in the hat, hasn't he? For me, the issue with Zaha has always been the price Palace have wanted for him. Yeah. Um, you know, going back the last two, three seasons, it, they've asked for silly money for him. Um, yeah. I actually think he's a really good player. I think like he, even for someone like us coming off the bench, he'd be a fantastic signing. But yeah, it's the money they're talking. Star, I've shouted that before. Yeah. I was saying that. Before the start of last season, I think it was, but I think you're probably right. It's probably the price, but like, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a, a class player, and especially to in our situation, if we obviously we wouldn't now, he's got Jota, but if we were to bring him on in those games where like defenders are, are tired and he's gonna be running at them, like he's gonna force them into like giving penalties away and and all sorts, like, yeah, no, he's he's above. Palace's station, I think. I don't, you know, he's 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 better than 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 them. I think. Yeah. The problem you've got is we're, we're you know what sort of club where would you class him as? Is he kind of like a top six side or just outside the top six teams? Um, I don't know. He's been linked to Everton, hasn't he? Like, I, I, so... I think that'd be the best. I've said that before. I think that'd be ideal signing for both parties. I think Everton for him because. You know, Everton are never going to break the top six, are they, realistically? But they're better than Palace. Don't, hey, don't, <laughs> don't, don't say that to an Everton fan. <laughs> no, we'll get Everton fans starting to listen to this now. <laughs> Beating them up. Yeah. Uh, another performance <laughs> was from uh, Leeds United against Fulham. Uh, two of the uh, promoted clubs. Uh, Leeds uh, coming out 4-3. Um yeah, I think like Leeds' tactics for this season, um, going off this game, and obviously our game is basically we'll score more than you, um, because yeah, they they leave it open at the back sometimes. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on yeah. these two teams, Norton? Or do you want to do you want to yeah, um, pretty... do you want to interrupt Matt Wood? <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just go for it. <laughs> I think you spot on with you said about Leeds. I think that'll be Leeds' downfall this season. Is they'll, they'll have games where they, they won't score that many goals. You know, they haven't got a, a class out and out striker. You know, Bamford's done really well in the first couple of games. But last season, he was being criticised. He was missing chances in the Championship. And you can't do that in, in the Premier League. And there's going to come a time where they're going to struggle for goals, but they're still going to be conceding goals. And I think, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be safe. Yeah. But I think all, all the three promoted gonna, clubs have. have conceded a shit ton of goals, haven't they, in the first two games? Yeah. Yeah. 
So mm. that's that's gonna be. Um, I think I think Leeds will be fine though. I think yeah. we've got Fulham more probably. I think Fulham have got Mitrovic, and obviously if you keep Mitrovic fit, they've got a goal scorer. Um, yeah. No, for no, he, he could keep could be the difference in keeping them up and them going down. Yeah, because uh, I think he's a you know he's a good good player. But he was there. Oh, he was there a couple of seasons oh, ago, wasn't he? When when the, he was there a couple of seasons ago when they went down and he did go down. Yeah, few, but no, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he's that good to single handedly like keep them up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't score goals like nothing does he? he needs like sort of put, you know if you put on a plate for him he'll you know, he'll score you a goal but he's not going to sort of win you a game on his own no. is he really? Yeah, he's not, not that type player. of player. Yeah, I don't. Uh, think another like a one was type that could. Sorry, Stu. Go on. I know you're desperate to move on. Go on. Come on. I, I want to try and get in this time limit that we've got on these podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I know you could just carry on talking all night, Matty. But um, yeah, Arsenal coming out two-one victors against West Ham. Um, what I've seen of the highlights of that game, probably Moisey can feel a bit aggrieved and not. Uh, coming away with at least a draw there. Um, yeah, what did you think of that game, Matty Wood? Um, well, this was probably one of the one game that I didn't watch. So you've uh, you've thought, yeah, like I watched most most of the other games, but I didn't watch this one. To be fair, but um, oh, I'm disappointed there, Matt. Yeah, so no, I've I've, I've seen the uh, I've seen the brief highlights and the goals. I think for Arsenal, just a case of like. They wanted to to continue the um, uh, the form from the end of last season, winning the FA Cup, obviously winning Community Shield as well. So like they're riding a bit of a crest of a wave at the moment, aren't they? West Ham, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're probably going to be down there, aren't they? At the end of the season, like the the way it's kind. Do of you think they're going to be in a relegation fight? Too early to say, or it's a it's a bit too early to to say, I suppose. But like, if you if you put me on the spot, say they they're going to be like in the bottom five, aren't they? More than likely. Yeah, I think they're a bit like like you said, Matty, before about Palace. They're a little bit like that, where you can you can cause an upset and give like some of the top teams a good game yeah. some weeks. Then other weeks, you know, the capable losing to anyone really. And they're so inconsistent. Yeah. I think they're, they will they're end capable up to... of being an absolute shower of shit, aren't they? Then... Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where they'll probably be down there again this season. Uh, we'll move on to Sunday's results. Um, Southampton um, coming. Well, Southampton losing to Spurs. Um, you know, Spurs scoring those five goals. Um, Southampton responding with two. But yeah, just like the performances of obviously Son. And um, Harry Kane in the second half. Um, I did see some of this game, and well, I've seen the first half uh, where Spurs looked absolutely shocking again. Um, Danny Ings getting that first half goal, absolutely brilliant finish. Um, you know, taking it over his shoulder. But yeah, uh, Matty Norton, like, do you think it's a bit of a hard one? I always think like it's not going to last for Mourinho, but obviously with the acquisition of Bale coming in now. Where do you where do you see Spurs' season going? They definitely challenge top four, I think, with that with them forward players they've got. Um, you always think of Mourinho teams being quite negative though, and sort of setting up defensively quite astute. So you know, from that point of view, if you can get the defense sorted out, then he's got the players going forward to score goals. So I can't see any reason why they couldn't challenge top four at least. Yeah. Like, like Matt Wood. Like, do you think Southampton there now? They've got two two defeats on the bounce. Is this, you know, are they going to be in a relegation fight this time round, or yeah, are they just be, a bit a bit unlucky? Well, you can be a bit knee-jerk, can't you? After like two games, I mean, the the reality is, you know, they they're probably going to end up, or they're going to be like aiming for probably in that eight to ten kind of placed area aren't they so that they're gonna lose games they probably I don't know it was a mad game like you say because they did play pretty well in the in in, in the first half and um, for it to be 1-1 at half time out of nowhere um, obviously like changed the game quite a, quite a bit but then they were caught out like 
numerous times with the balls through from Harry Kane, which were great balls, but like defensively they were a bit all over the show. And kind of yeah. people then kind of referring back to that nine nil and saying, "Oh, is this kind of like, you know, shades of that again?" Really, but if the thing if you've got Ings in 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 that kind of form again, where like yeah. he just looks lethal. To be fair, that was a brilliant finish. Like yeah. if he's in that form, I think that they're gonna do all right, and they'll be they'll be there or thereabouts in in the middle of the table, which is where they probably expect to be. I don't think they're gonna expect to challenge. Above like oh eight, European really, places, like, I, yeah, yeah. I I think that would be massively kind of overachieving, and um, so it was a good win a for team... Tottenham. No, after that, I, I thought that I was, they were really poor against Everton, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was a, a really good result for them. I think some of the top the the old fashioned top six now. I think for the first time in a few years, the, the Premier League winners won't be on 90-odd points. I think teams will take more points off each other this year than they have done in the last couple of years, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of the top, the old-fashioned top six look dangerous. Then you sort of got to add in Wolves, Everton, Leicester probably as well. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're all you know, the tough games and you know, if you're probably all going to take points off each other through the season. Yeah, I completely agree there because I think you can't have an off day. You know, like how some you know years gone by, you can have an off day really, and you can kind of get away with it. And I think we did that maybe last season at, at times. But yeah, I, I agree. I think this season, uh, you know, you look at some of the signings some of the clubs have made, and like you say, I think teams in that top six are going to take points off each other. Um, yeah, like maybe a team who can challenge this top four, uh, like they did last season, uh, bitterly missing out. Leicester, uh, coming out 4 2 winners against Burnley. Uh, like what a scene of that game. Burnley did give a good effort, but you know, Leicester's quality on the ball, uh, came through in the end. Um, Norton, how do you think Rodgers is going to do with Leicester this season? I don't think they'll do as well as last season. Um, I think comfortably top top half, probably top eight. But I think with these big teams sort of spending money the way they have, I think they'll struggle to make the top six this season. Um, yeah, they got some really good players. Like the, the ball team, Tealman's play, play through. It was, you know, it was fantastic. Oh, yeah, it was. It. Yeah. Uh, through, through, like perfect weighted through the yeah, iron needles. Yeah, I've got some really good players, but <laughs> I just think probably haven't got the quality of the top six. Yeah. Like Matt Wood, like do you think Burnley uh, again? Are they are they going to be in a relegation fight this season? I don't I, I don't know if any players have come through the door yet. The um the the always outperform, don't mean it. The always kind of get into a situation where you think, oh, they're going to get dragged into it, but then they like pull out the results, don't they? Because you remember at the end of last season, like they were really threadbare with the squad because a lot of them were having like contract issues. Mm-hmm. So if you looked at their names on paper, you were thinking, God, this is like a championship team at best, like but then they were getting yeah. like result after result. Like so I I, I don't think that they get... um because that was their yeah, first like, game as well. Sean... They didn't play the first group. Yeah so, that's like, right. I, yeah, I, I his team is like such a middle, throwback. Because it's like full of like British players in the team. It, he plays four four two, and soon as like the back four get the ball, they just lump it up to Chris Wood to hopefully you know back for something to bounce off him, and then yeah, they, they you know they try and utilize him as much as they can to try and score. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Burnley going to struggle this year. Um, yeah, the the other Sunday result, uh, Brighton uh, beating uh, Newcastle three um, nil. Um, yeah, how how do you see that that these two teams how their season's going to play? You know, obviously Brighton um, with Potter coming in last season, they seem to have changed their style of play where it is more on the front foot, more like possession based. And then obviously you've got Steve Bruce and his Newcastle, where actually Mike Ashley spent some money this summer. Um, yeah, 
Matt Wood, how how do you see these two teams, their seasons playing out? Probably similar, to be fair. I think they'll be a bit up and down, won't they? I think, as we said last week, Steve Bruce, to be fair, has done a decent job and he's got a couple of decent players in um, who are going to improve um, the amount of goals and stuff that they're getting. So, you know, I mean, so I think they'll, they'll both kind of be, you know, Towards the, the bottom end of the table, I think they'll still be kind of comfortable. Brighton seem like they're, they're kind of steadily improving. Like you say, they've made that transformation from from Chris Hewton now um, to yeah. um, Graham Potter and playing a lot more like on the front foot with the um, with the ball on the floor and stuff like that and playing out from the back. And they, like, they've given... Um, a lot of the bigger teams like a really good game to be fair and they give Chelsea a really good game in the in the um in last last week as well and they were quite unlucky yeah. to lose like three ones. So I think you know, I think they'll both kind of be uh in a situation where they won't be threatened by relegation, but I, you know, they won't kind of then be pushing on either towards mid table or kind of be in that 12th to like 14th area yeah like before we move on to our uh, next opposition in the league Arsenal uh, do you want to give us a quick update on the Man City score Matty well I, w- I was actually watching it but then I've, I've subsequently moved uh, it was 1-0 at the time De Bruyne scored a penalty but that was after about like 20 minutes or something so I'm not yeah could be more yeah yeah. Um so yeah, our next opposition in the league uh, is Arsenal at Anfield. Um Norton, who should be who should we be watching out for from the Arsenal team? Just to touch on the city score there, it's two 0 city now. Oh is it? Oh you got better Phil, updates. Phil Foden with the up of the uh, second Thanks, goal. Jeff. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I think going back to the Arsenal game, I think the danger man's obviously a Bamiang, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's a class act. He's the, the goals he scored very almost Henri esque in the fact that he can sort of cut into the top corner. Um, I just think as a unit, they've, they've looked better since Arteta took over, especially in recent games. They've looked much more of a team, um, more organisation. Yeah, I um, agree. I think I think it'll be a t- I really yeah. think it'll be a tough game to be honest. I think they'll. I think they'll have a go at us more than Chelsea did. Well, they look like they've got a lot more backbone now, don't they? And they've been, you know, yeah. It's been a common theme that they just kind of wilt a little bit at the top, especially going away to the to the bigger teams, and they just kind of roll over a little bit. We've done them on a, a, a number of occasions over the last few seasons at Anfield and wiped the floor with them a bit. But I don't know. We do owe them one, like. In, in the last couple of games where we haven't really played that well in the Community Shield and then um, the game at the Emirates towards the end of last season as well. I think we're, uh, we're due a performance against them. Like, we were really disappointed in those two games. And um, albeit they've got better, and like like you say, there is a bit more substance to them now. And obviously, Aubameyang's a threat. Lacazette's already scored a couple of goals this season as well. Um, I think we again we're, we're kind of far superior to them. I, I still think that they're kind of a little bit further away from say a Chelsea and, and, and the gap between us and, and Chelsea seems still quite significant within itself so yeah. if we if we perform I like... Like, to, uh, to anywhere near our highest level I think I think it'll be a, I'm confident it'll be quite a straightforward win to be honest yeah, like going back, to, like on on Arsenal's team, like I think the acquisition of um, is it Gabriel, uh, the centre half. Yeah. I think you know just you know just by these two games, I've been really impressed by him. Um, you know, I think he, he's definitely an upgrade on uh, David Luiz. Um, yeah, I just think yeah they're improving the right areas of the team, and like like Norton said, I'll just add to it. You know, like Arteta, I think. He's brought a bit more, a bit more tactical mouse and like 
game management um, in this Arsenal team. Whereas I think obviously under Wenger, it was like, right, we're going to play this way um, and we're going to carry on playing this way. And obviously under Unai Emery, I think, yeah, he just didn't fit the club at all. They've had that that soft centre for probably like, 10 years oh, or yeah. something yeah. or the best part of 10 years yeah. and everybody knows it like all the big clubs they know it and they smell it and they just they, yeah. they just roll them out like their record in those games is 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 shocking really so but since Arteta took over it's improved well, that's what, that's what, it, yeah records. that's what I mean so to be fair he has started to turn the corner there he's obviously yeah. he's obviously identified that and put uh, put things in place to to say, look, like we need to start getting results against these teams. They did. They got a few um, in the FA Cup. They beat um, they beat City, didn't they, in the semi, and then they beat Chelsea in the final. final. Yeah, and then obviously they've beaten us a couple of times as well. To, so they they've definitely like turned a bit of a a, a corner there. And uh, I think what is the players seem to know the structure a bit better as well. Like in the last couple few seasons, it's been sort of like sort of. You see the lineup, but everyone sort of just does yep. their own thing a little bit. But under our test, they just seem much more organised and kind of yeah. everyone knows the job a little bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still. Yeah. I they like say I'm. I can definitely see they've improved, but I'm not convinced that anywhere. I don't think they're gonna get. I don't think they're gonna get in the top four. I don't. I still think they're a little bit away from that. So I think the the gap in quality is still still evident and as, as long like I say as long as we put a performance in I'm confident we, we can get you know a, a fairly comfortable win there like uh, we, we really like I say we, we do owe them one so hopefully we can get a win yeah alright then um, yeah so the next podcast will be uh, I think we're going to do an instant match reaction uh, straight after the game uh, which is on Monday the 28th of September so, yeah, uh, hopefully the three of us will be joining you then. Um, so, yeah, just to add, remember to listen, follow and share our podcast by finding us on our Twitter page at just another LIV1. Um, so, yeah, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from the boys. Cheers. Cheers, thanks. <laughs>